I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to Kate and Mike Show. You're supposed to say, this is Mike. This is Mike. And this is Kate. Hi. So, hon, do you want to read a couple more reviews? Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to have to talk now before I pull them up. Okay, well, today, we have had a lot of people asking us how we are preparing to welcome baby number two into our lives and how we're preparing our business specifically to welcome a second baby into our lives. So whether you are welcoming a second baby, a first baby, a fifth baby, or you're just preparing for an amount of time off or amount of time where you want a little more spaciousness, this episode is for you. So we're going to tell you what we're doing to prepare. Baby could come any day. Right now when I'm recording this, I'm 36 weeks plus pregnant. So she's coming and we're prepping and we're going to tell you how. And Mike is pulling up reviews. I'm ready. Thank you so much. As we said on a previous podcast, the reviews have just been pouring in. It's amazing. I love it. So if you happen to hear your name that shared a review, you can send me a message at Mike J. Watts on Instagram with your mailing address, and we'll put some goodies in the mail for you to say thank you for being a listener to the Kate and Mike show. These reviews are so fun. Okay, so this one is from Macaroni Mom. I like that. (laughs) Five-star review, Kate, once again. And thank you so much for those five stars. My favorite podcast. I have been listening to Kate and Mike since their first episode. Thank you so much, Macaroni Mom. As an entrepreneur with three school-aged children, I have learned so much from their delightful podcast episodes. I love their chemistry, and I have enjoyed the guests they have interviewed. I have read some great books thanks to Kate and Mike's suggestions and have been successfully applying the information I have learned to my health coaching business, Making Healthy Fun, LLC. I feel like I'm enjoying a cup of coffee with Kate and Mike in their favorite local coffee shop each time I listen to their podcast. I love that. That's Thank awesome. you, Macaroni Mom. Yeah. What is your favorite coffee shop? Maples. Here in Yarmouth, mm-hmm. Maine. Yeah. There's some new ones that open in Portland that I want to check out. Tandem Tandem Coffee Shop in Portland. The one on Congress Street. So there's actually two. There's a smaller one that you just kind of, it's a really a to-go setup. But you can hang out there, but it's smaller. But the one on Congress Street, if you happen to be in Portland, Maine, is delicious. Okay, best you chocolate want... chip cookies ever. Although Maples has also the best chocolate chip cookies. Also, Clayton's has the best chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> They're all the best. Tamdom has the best chocolate chip cookies in okay. Portland, Maine so far. Okay, so this one says, I don't know why I can't see the whole title here. A must subscribe. This is from Awaken Seed Essence. And thank you, Awaken Seed Essence. Another, this is five stars. Five stars. A must subscribe, fit this show, dot, dot, dot. I think I'll have to look at this on the computer to do these reviews from now on because I'm not able to see the whole title. But Kate and Mike, I love these guys. I admire much about them and their life inspired by their collaboration as well as their individual businesses. I so appreciate the clear and articulate and concise delivery of content and their open sharing. With cheeky humor and a charm, Kate is laughing out loud right now due to cheeky humor, and a charm of reality they bring to all of it. The content is incredibly helpful and I will always get excited about a new episode. I am also an Origin member. Yay! Yay, Awaken Seed Essence. 
And I feel like they have really helped me lean into everything that was so well summed up in the recent share of success for business owners. I currently have them as one of my two inputs. Yes, inputs, Kate. Her laugh is infectious. My hubs is from Cape Elizabeth. And oh. we live in Phoenix. And there are numerous connections to Kate and Mike's journey. I find so relatable. Cert certainly, I think so many families would too. Check it out. Peace. Thank you. It is true. Like we live in Maine. Your hubs is from Cape Elizabeth. And then Kate and I on our fifth day of a road trip spent a lot of time in my apartment in Tempe. Well, we spent a lot of time in Phoenix in general. Yeah, we did Off actually. and on in 2011. So, well, thank you. Thanks for the reviews. Keep sending them along. We'll read to an episode. And let's dive in because we also have an OB appointment that we need to get to. So in these last weeks of pregnancy, I mean, between the OB, the midwife, the osteopath, prenatal massage, it's just like, I feel like the being pregnant breaks. is my full-time job. And I'm so grateful for the freedom and flexibility of running my own schedule so I can go to all these appointments and take care of myself and the babe. But that is one of the things we're doing to prepare is I'm doing all these different you know, things to take care of my body, but that's not as much what we're talking about today. We're well, more talking about how to prepare your business for welcoming a baby. Oh, um, are? oh yeah. Are. Although I will just say to start off with, before we get into the business stuff, I highly, highly recommend Kimberly Ann Johnson's book, The Fourth Trimester, and also the book, The First 40 Days. So The Fourth Trimester really opened my eyes to how critical you know, the six weeks to three months after you give birth are to your healing as a woman emotionally, physically, spiritually, energetically. And then the first 40 days is a little bit more focused on how to sort of repair your body and recover nutritionally. But both of them taught me so much about how our culture does not care for mothers after they give birth. Like our whole culture is super, super focused on, you know, oh, what's the theme of your baby shower? And I will tell you, Penelope's nursery was not done when she was born. And baby number two's nursery is not, we put up the crib. She doesn't have a nursery. There's not really a nursery. We didn't put the crib up for her. We put the crib up for our friends that were coming to visit. Oh yeah. <laughs> a few months ago. <laughs> we put the crib up for our, my cousin. <laughs> Anywho, we're keeping it up because eventually the baby might sleep in there. We don't really know. Penelope slept in there off and on a little bit. And then we ditched the crib at nine months and she started sleeping on a little mattress on the floor, which was, I don't even know if it worked. I'll tell you what, folks, like it's way easier. I don't know. Well, easier on your back. it's easier on your back. But anyway, we don't focus enough on caring for the mothers. And so I really recommend fourth trimester and the first 40 days. If you have given birth before, I also really recommend Body Full of Stars by Molly Carome. So those three books. If you have not given birth yet, I would not recommend that book until maybe after you've given birth. Are these first two books that you mentioned good for people like the review we just read? She's a mother of three kids. Would I you think say... that if you're not like about to be in the postpartum period... I don't know that they would be super helpful unless they're it's not like like if you're just interested to support your friends who are having babies great but they're not super super relevant to like raising school-age kids cool though they're fascinating um so anyway i've read those books i'm loving them and personally i am preparing for a very different kind of postpartum period 
than with Penelope. With Penelope, we had a situation where we thought we were going to be at home with her. And then after 12 hours of labor and getting to 10 centimeters dilated, she was breached suddenly. And we got to the hospital and she was coming out with one foot down and one foot up. And so we sort of had a surprise C-section and then she had an infection. So we stayed in the hospital for a week. I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I kind of lost my mind. And it was really, it was just a really hard time. And those first three months, well, the whole first year of her life was an extremely hard time. And so while we can't control birth by any means, and I'm certainly far less attached to my ideals around birth than I was going into it the first time, you know, I trust that this baby girl number two is going to orchestrate, you know, between her and I, the perfect birth experience for her and for me, for what we both need right now. I also really want to be prepared for having more support. And I will say, like, one thing I noticed is that in those first three months with Penelope, we needed more help than we had. And I just thought it wasn't okay to say so. Like, I thought that if I said I need more help, it made me a bad mother. So I just didn't say anything because I had my husband full time home with me. And I was like, who do I think I am? But the truth is, (laughs) I was emotionally really struggling. I got mastitis twice. You know, Penelope's never been an awesome sleeper. I struggled with my milk supply. There was just a, you know, and then emotionally, it's such a roller coaster welcoming a first child into your life. And so for this time around, I just want to have more help than I need. Like it feels really kind of luxurious to say that, but I really want to put in place more help than I actually need. Because I don't know how, how did you feel in that first three months, honey, with Penelope? I don't know. I don't remember. Could you have used more help, do you think? (laughs) That's like so far... So, you so don't long remember? ago. Yeah, I just remember it was hard. Yeah. You know, like you have a kid. I don't know. My memory's like shot once we, you know, the lack of sleep thing is real. I don't know. I, I it's like, I keep saying, I don't know. I should not say, I don't know. I do know. You, you know how you say that a lot? He's like, I don't know. But then you answer, actually, no, the answer. That, I mean, having a new kid, I had no freaking clue what we were doing. So I can't sit here and say like more help would have been great because I didn't know what kind of help I needed at that moment. Well, I or think what we could have used the a biggest, postpartum doula for sure. Yeah, that could have been helpful. But then it was just challenging because of you going through surgery and then being at home and recovering. And then all of a sudden, you know, as, as a man, like we don't, our hormones don't change as the wife, you know, I, of course they change as the wife's pregnant. We go through that in the studies that have been done for all that stuff. That's it's real, but it's much different than as you're growing a baby. Like the other day we were, we were feeling the baby kick and in your belly. And I was like, isn't this so bizarre that there's a child inside of you, like a human being, you know, it's, it's just a weird thing. Right. And then you're like, yeah, but it doesn't feel weird to you it just feels normal but and i was like wow that's pretty cool because it just happens over time and for us as guys it's like all of a sudden the baby's born and then okay now you have to go into like dad mode because as you're pregnant during the second baby like yeah it's taking care of you when you need to or taking care of our other you know the first pregnancy and this pregnancy you slept a lot and so it's it's being by your side during that time for support but then also it's like it doesn't really change my day-to-day activities so much but what happens when it changes is when the baby's born so then it's all of a sudden you're like oh now you're dad so take care of this kid so 
when I look back at that time, I can't sit here and say like, oh, more help would have been helpful because I really didn't know what we were getting into. You know, you just don't know. And so I'm sure. Yeah, I'm probably sure. Like, I'm it pretty been clear helpful. that more help would have been helpful. Yeah, somebody to cook would have like, been great. I like having so I could having... list out all of the things that would be helpful. But the reality was like, I didn't know. You know, yeah. I didn't know. No, I mean, no regrets. I think we did it perfectly for the time we were at. But I'm just saying for time number two, I want more help because yeah we're setting it up I for that struggled and i think i struggled unnecessarily because i had this belief which we has been handed down in our culture and i don't know why that you shouldn't need help and you know i just submitted my second book on christmas eve and i wrote a chapter about help that ended up being 25,000 words which is like kind of a mini book in and of itself we'll cut it down i'm working with my editor on it but we struggle with that in our culture as men, as women, just admitting that we can't do it all. And I just, I feel sad for myself during that postpartum period that I needed help, but I didn't feel like it was okay to say so because I thought it made me a bad mother. I just feel sad for myself. And so I no longer believe that needing help makes me a bad mother. In fact, I think it makes me a great mom because that means I'm more supported. That means Mike is more supported. Penelope's more supported and baby girl number two is more supported. And that is better for everybody. So the kinds of help that we're lining up are, we hired in January a nanny who is also our household manager. So she's helping us two days a week care for Penelope when Penelope does not have daycare and also cook some meals and do laundry and help tidy up the house and just do like miscellaneous tasks. Like the other day I had this necklace that was super tangled and untangling a necklace literally will make me like want to throw something across the room so I just asked her to untangle the necklace for me or like iron a shirt just like little ticky tacky stuff throughout the day and so that's been awesome so she'll be here when the baby comes and then we're gonna have her for the first six weeks after my due date of course we don't know when the baby's actually gonna come but she's due March 30th so just in case you're wondering I think this episode comes out after that. So probably by now she's here <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll record a follow-up episode later to let you know how it's going. But we hired the nanny to come an extra day a week. So Fridays as well, just for the first six weeks after the baby comes, just so we have, even though Penelope has daycare that day, just to have an extra set of hands with the baby and an extra set of hands for laundry and meal prep. And this book, the first 40 days really walks you through some traditional ways that women are fed in other cultures after giving birth to help them restore their health and vitality. And so I'm really looking forward to not just eating whatever during that time, but actually mindfully feeding myself, you know, bone broth and stews and warming foods. So, but I'm not much of a food prep person and I don't know how I'll be I can't imagine I'm going to want to do cooking more with a newborn. So I'm just going to get <laughs> some help with that. And then I've also asked my massage therapist, who also was our birth doula with Penelope, to be a postpartum doula. And I don't know how often she'll come by, but, you know, we'll just figure it out kind of as we go. And then I have already given myself permission if we need more help, if I need <laughs> somebody else Mondays, Wednesdays, I'm open to that. And if we need somebody to come overnight as a night nurse, I'm also open to that because with Penelope, I got postpartum anxiety, insomnia so badly that I couldn't sleep even when she was sleeping. And so when she was six months, I was completely losing it and ended up sleeping in the guest room 
downstairs and then Mike would sleep with Penelope upstairs and just bring her to me to feed in the middle of the night. So that was a strain for him. And I don't want to have to do that again. So I'm hoping I don't get postpartum anxiety, insomnia again. But wake up pretty much every night anyway. So what I said, it won't matter now because I wake up pretty much every night anyway with our other child. Penelope does not wake up every night. A lot. Two times a week. No, more than that. You think more than two yeah, times a week Yeah, you don't know. You up? sleep all... You, or you're not asleep now, but you're... I also don't think you have the greatest memory sometimes. So I think if we charted it, you <laughs> would find it's it. about two times a week. I don't think you want to know. <laughs> I do want to know. No, I want to know. She wakes up more than two times a night. And our plan... You know, this could shift she's because... She's woken up every night five days in a row. Well, she's sick. And it was the full moon. <laughs> we notice... I don't know if you notice this listening with your children, if you have kids that Penelope's sleep is whacked around the full moon. So it might be helpful. This is one of the things we talk about in Origin is how the cosmic weather, how what's going on astrologically with the moon and the stars actually not only affects us as women and our partners and our businesses, but also how it affects our children. And so Jennifer Rassiopi is our resident astrologer in Origin, and she shares with us each month, you know, what to look out for and how to support not only ourselves and our businesses, but also how to support our children with the astrological transits going on. So it's pretty cool, pretty unique. And I love getting that astrological weather so that I'm not just like, oh my God, why won't my kids sleep? Okay, so I have a question for you. So we have, and then we're looking at entertaining, like having somebody kind of do food for us as well during this time. So just some meal prep as well during this period of time for extra help. But my question for you is like, okay, so we have all these people. How do you know post-pregnancy of, or like once the baby comes like how do you know when you have enough help i'll know oh okay because i'll feel really good oh okay like right now currently in our life i feel like we have enough help okay for the particular moment in life we are in i don't know do you feel like we do yeah yeah because the way you know if you need help is if you're exhausted anxious feeling resentful like those are the signs and I don't feel any of those ways right now. So if I don't feel those ways after the baby comes, I'll know we have enough help. And if I'm feeling like there are too many people, then I'll know we have too much help and I'll, you know, be able to make a little more space. Oh, got it. Okay. Like we don't have, there's not a family member or something in town. Like Kate's mom and dad live really close to us. My parents live in Indiana, but they're busy and they're not somebody that's going to come stay with the baby for like a week, you know, to assist from there. So I know like yeah, it, my mom would come by and hold the baby for like an hour for sure. Right. And she'd be psyched to or take Penelope mm-hmm. for a couple hours and we will call upon her and my bonus mom, Tracy and my dad. But they have well, like, like a lot going on. Yeah, they have a lot. They have careers and jobs still that are taking place and all over, you know, they travel, etc. So it's not something that we're setting ourselves up because I know in other situations, you know, in other families, they have in-laws that can help or mothers which is awesome and with our situation we just know that's not a reality and so we have to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves from there and not saying like somebody's gonna we don't have anybody else that's gonna come and watch so we have to set it up your parents are coming for a week which will be incredibly helpful Mm -hmm. that's also gonna be it's in may so it's after the baby will be born and so that'll be helpful when they're here But in the moment, you know, it's not something that we can just rely on every single day. So it's something that we have to take. And I I would say this is probably more normal, I think, for everyone. 
especially here in the Western culture of the United States. And so it's to pay, it's basically what Kate is sharing here and setting up is we're taking responsibility for what we actually need. And a lot of times that we just, we avoid it or we gets resentful or we put it off or really recognizing what the true reality is in our situation. Like some people have to go to work all the time, you know, like their partners are not able to be at home. So why one partner is working or traveling for work or whatever that may look like in a situation. It's like, how can that also be helpful for the person that happened to be at home, you know, and setting that up. So it is taking responsibility for the need to ask for assistance. Absolutely. Like this morning I woke up and I was like last night, Penelope woke up and I was like just irritated that she woke up and I was, all I wanted to do was sleep. And this morning, I was it this morning or last night? I just told you, I was this like, morning. I need to go away for like a night because I need a break, you know, from her waking up in the middle of the night and me, you know, taking care of it. And then with Kate being pregnant before the second baby comes is really for me, it's self-care. And it's usually about once a month where I just need to go away for a night or two nights and just really kind of chill and like hang out by myself. So I'm in. So that way I know that's powerful for me because it restores me. And then I'm able to come back home being restored and help the family in the way that I feel that needs to be helpful to be the best because it's the worst case for me is to stay here and not take care of myself in that matter. And then all of a sudden it's like two days, three days, four days go by. And then I don't feel, and then it's like resentment towards Kate or I have resentment towards Penelope yeah, in a certain you're way. Get, you and then get grumpy. Grumpy. And, and part of the reason I will say, just to be super transparent, part of the reason I'm lining up all this help is because during the first year with Penelope, you were so in it and so involved and so doing, you know, 50% or more. But I could tell that like, there was a part of you that was doing it like, of course you love being a, a dad and I'm not, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like there was definitely a strain there and I didn't want to have a situation where this time around you were my only source of support again. Because right. it feels Correct. unfair to you and it put a strain on our relationship and also your consulting is taking off right now and like... <sighs> Mike, Mike if for those of you, small plug. Yeah, and I just, so just logistically i've asked mike to like clear his schedule so that for two weeks he can be a hundred percent in with like being with me being with the baby being mostly it's going to be being with penelope honestly because <laughs> every parent who we've talked to who has two kids is like is not so much the newborn it's that you need support with your toddler so we have that you know we're, we're lining that up but i've asked him to be like fully for two weeks and then of course he's not going anywhere after mm. that but i don't I just feel like, not that I think the baby is 100% my responsibility by any stretch of the imagination, but I also just want to line up extra support so that you can get back to growing the business. And I'm going to take a five-month maternity mm -hmm. leave where there's no pressure for me to really do anything work-wise, but that's my choice. That's right. not your choice, so I'm not expecting no. you to do that. And no, it's not possible for me, you know, to be able to do that, where we've been able to set up and batch like all the, these podcasts and your blog content and all of that stuff. But for running our business and the way that it's been running, like there needs to be somebody 
it's just not possible to at this moment in time to take both of us to take five months off to keep moving projects yeah. along the forward. And I don't we're doing. think you want to. Take and I don't want to take five months yeah. off because I don't know what I would do with myself. I'm not sure I want to take five months off. No, I'm just giving myself you're space giving your spells to have space. the option. So one conversation that Kate and I, which I think is really important for us, that took place a couple weeks ago, was about kind of it's realizing what our own picture of motherhood and fatherhood actually is. Do you remember this conversation? Or tell me about more. The, okay. <laughs> so for instance, like there has been like an unconscious. So, Oh yes, we I all, remember. we all grow. And I think it's really important to, cause for me, it's super helpful. And I think I was just talking to my buddy about this the other day. And so for men, I think it's a very important conversation, especially the time that we're currently experiencing now and going through. And as the environment and society continually changes for a much more healthier environment, the, what it is is we have programming that's been programmed for all sorts of things right you have it with gender race countries whatever that may be there's this programming that's been very programmed very deep for a long time how many right? times can you say program, program. i'm trying to funnels programmed. and programmed how many so anyway the <laughs> as a man like i'll speak for myself right so for instance like my mom took care of the three kids while my dad traveled like you can hear a lot about this on the we interviewed my parents back on the podcast it's one of our was, listeners favorite episodes yeah it's in it's the called top raising five. mike watts raising mike watts so we interviewed and the, you heard a little bit of story about my dad you know for work he traveled and took care of us my mom was the stay-at-home mom for i think until i was 10 and then she ended up going back to work i believe and she ran a daycare out of the house so my programming that i like that just have the program counter please was like the reality was like when it came to taking care of the kids the mom did it just took care of it right and so the culture the culture assumption is the same thing that we currently ex have been a part of and that's expanding on where it's like you know mom's in the kitchen cooking food or preparing or whatever that may be right is this this is the assumption that people are assuming is the normal of what should happen right well many of us were raised with that same blueprint Correct. i was not but you were right and a lot of like millions and millions and millions of people, because you can still see it today with what politicians are saying, what I mean, just what people are saying. Yeah. Like, but it still I, I actually I will just take that back. I was also raised with that same blueprint because though my both of my parents worked the same amount, my mom still did way more child care than my dad and way more things as far as managing the household. So like even though she worked the same number of hours the expectation mm -hmm. was still that she was also handling the children and also ch right. handling the household and also handling dinner so the belief is like what kate's talking about the help piece here is that okay so women are really productive and can get a lot of stuff done right so which is true which is true <laughs> but then also where we have to take care of all of it instead of actually voicing to say we need help with situations or in life right and so when it comes back to like what is my role as the dad in this family dynamic of just kate myself and penelope and then our next baby i don't have an example for what that role is like we run a business together we work out of the house you know sometimes we go out and about except we're you know so it's we don't exactly know what like i don't have an example of what that is and i was talking to my buddy yesterday and he was telling the exact same thing. Like he was talking about what his upbringing was like with his father and like this new role. He's in a kind of a new marriage 
and they've just moved. And so it's, his life has changed pretty dramatically. His business partnership is ending. And so we are experiencing very similar stories of the way that we thought like, but then you take it even deeper. So let, that's just my experience of like, so my dad worked and then my mom stayed at home with three kids. Right. And which is great because we had a great upbringing. We had a great life. I'm super happy and proud to have the parents that I had. And I'm super grateful for them because they taught me a lot of amazing skills, but just backtrack a little bit. Like think how big this is. Like think about my dad's parents and what that was like. And then think about my dad's parents' parents. And then it keeps going back, like go back like 12 generations of the knowledge and what's been taught. And then not only do you take my dad's family, take my mom's parents and then my mom's parents' parents and my mom's parents' parents' parents and then parents' 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 parents. And it keeps getting deeper and deeper. Now I've confused Kate. What are you even talking about the, right now? <laughs> the biggest point is that I'm trying to make i guess my wife understand during this is how deep this ingrained yeah, thought is it's right and so the patriarchy and it's been going on for five thousand years it's like what okay so what is the definition of patriarchy the patriarchy is the assumption it's the assumption without question of male superiority okay but that's not what i'm talking about here You've taken it to the patriarchy, but that's not what I'm talking okay. about. What I'm talking about is how we have ingrained these beliefs. Yes, patriarchy is a part of these ingrained beliefs, but how deep this comes. And this is so deep and it tracks back thousands and thousands of years to all of a sudden it takes into this next baby and she's not even born yet. And she already has all of these attributes yeah right and so all of a sudden she is going to learn or follow us or we're gonna like because you can you can see penelope she repeats habits that we do all the time or with the phrases that we say right and so she just and so it's in the deep dna of our cells of how ingrained these pieces are and what we pass on to our kids and so that's what yes the patriarchy is one aspect of this but i'm, ta I'm not just talking about the patriarchy piece here i'm talking about everything that is a part of it. So if let's say Kate's mom didn't ask for enough help and Kate's grandmother didn't ask for Which enough she help didn't. and then Kate's, well, I'm not, I'm, oh my gosh. So, and then Kate's grandmother and Kate's grandmother's mother didn't ask for enough help. And then how that passed along or how my biggest pet peeve when it comes to just life is how often women say sorry for doing nothing, like just operating people of life, right? It's almost saying sorry for existing to a certain degree. And Penelope does this. She already does this at the age of and two and a half. And I don't even think I'm an over -sorrier. You're not. You do not. No, you're not. You're not an over -sorrier. You don't apologize so for being in existence. Like you don't walk around the house. Like what I'm t talking about an example, if I happen to be walking, just I'm in line with another woman walking in a store or whatever. And then you know how you walk in a store and in the United States we go right, right? And all of a sudden we might not see and we bump into each other or it's my fault and I don't pay attention. And then I'm like, oh, my bad, you know, or whatever that may be like, I'm so sorry. Or they happen to be sorry because they're walking in my path. You know, it's like stuff like that. And Penelope started to do this. So like how ingrained that is in her already in the DNA. It, and so it comes down, all of this whole conversation comes to Kate writing a book of 25,000 words asking for help. Yes. And just on the sorry piece, we've been trying to get Penelope to replace I'm sorry with whoopsie yes. or excuse me. So I tried instead of saying I'm sorry when I bump into somebody or if I am in the way or whatever, I try to say excuse me instead of I'm sorry because I'm not really sorry for taking up the space there. I just no. am saying excuse me. Right. So we're working on that with Penelope. Anyway, 
so that is it's a lot like this whole thing is a lot and it brings up obviously some like deep-seated cultural beliefs some deep-seated legacy beliefs and just like current life hey we just we did this a couple years ago and I kind of want to do it a little differently so now just to switch gears because I said we were going to talk about how we're preparing our business for this which we haven't talked about at all (laughs) we just have a couple minutes before we go see our midwife so Business-wise, I have shared that I, basically our team, Licia, went through, and also Haley, went through and created an editorial calendar for me that listed out all the blogs and all the podcasts that needed to be created and all the origin content. And Licia gave me some blog topic ideas. I haven't followed all of them, but it was really nice to go through and at least have a seed of an idea rather than a blank page for every single blog topic. And I think I have six left to write, maybe five or six left to write. It may or may not happen before the baby comes blog post wise, and that's fine. I'm sure I can jam out a couple blog posts, you know, while the baby's sleeping. And podcast wise, same thing. We just really looked at the calendar between, you know, January and August and said, okay, well, what's happening promotion wise? What's happening with our business and what topics would be relevant seasonally. So, you know, there's a blog coming up about Father's Day, for example. So there's a whole, you know, there's a whole art to editorial planning, but we basically, this was the first time we've really done editorial planning to that extent where we knew, okay, these are all the blogs that are going to be written. And the podcast is not done all the way through August. We are a few episodes ahead. I just want to be really honest with people because... No, go ahead. Oh, what are you saying right now? No, I think this is valuable, but let's talk about... Like, it's great to be like, okay, we have all these blog posts and podcasts planned out, which is great. But like, how did this actually happen? What have we done? Well, what actually happened is that basically from October through December, I was writing my book and was scheduling out about an hour a day to work on the book and do a thousand words a day. And so basically the idea was to then transfer that time and then write blogs ahead of time instead of the book. Okay, but let me, I'll just explain it then. So basically (laughs) what we ended up doing is we established systems. We've established a protocol inside the company about, okay, Kate's going to possibly give birth around the end of March or most likely will give birth around the end of March, beginning of April. What do we have to do to work backwards from this? And so a lot of people that are looking at their businesses, they might say, oh, how did you plan out five months in advance? That is super overwhelming. Like what the heck happened? How is that even possible? Right. And that's exactly what we ended up doing. So Kate, we knew Kate was writing her book. It was due in December. And then from the December timeframe, it was, okay, here's the plan out for the next couple of months. So this is why it's so important. And it's actually the more and more clients that I actually have on this where they don't have the systems in place. So when it does come to running your business to prepare for something like this, to make sure that we line up, just like Kate shared about lining up the help for personally at home, it's the same deal for as you're preparing your business to take some time off. Because a lot of entrepreneurs will experience be like, I'm not able to step away for two weeks. And if I, because I feel like the whole thing's going to fall apart. And like, if you're not even able to step away from your own business for two weeks, like there's something happening that it's all falling on you and you might be brand new, you know, and you're running everything yourself, which is totally, I get it. That like, was us for a long yes. time. If you step away from two weeks, nothing's getting done because you are the sole person to get the things done. Right. But it's about as you're growing, you're looking at what systems you have in place. What is the operational procedure? And the reason we were able to do this is because the team mapped out and worked backwards from, okay, so from 
September, October, let's see, September, August, June, July, like here's all the content needs to be laid out for Kate. And then also for us, it's been like, what do we actually want to do during that time? So not everything will be done by the babies, but the majority no. of it, I would say 80 to 90% of it will be complete as of what was going to be complete. I am supposed to be doing. Right. So podcasts, blogs, origin content. And we're not planning any like major promotions during this time. We have some affiliate things coming. There will be an origin opening. There will be an origin launch. So if you are interested in that, you can go to origincollective.com and make sure you're on the wait list. So there will be some little promotions happening here and there. I'm probably going to approve an email or two, like, you know, while I'm nursing. So that's fine. But it was really helpful to have the year planned in advance. The other thing that's incredibly helpful, I reposted this quote today on Instagram, and I think it's worth sharing. It's from an account, Be More With Less. And it's, I don't say no because I'm so busy. I say no because I don't want to be so busy, which I think is so helpful when looking at, you know, when you have planned your calendar out for a series of time in the future, even if it's only a month, like we know what our promotional calendar is basically through the end of the year, probably through February of 2019, mm -hmm. more or less. So it's really easy to say no, not because we're so packed, but because we're clear on what our priorities are. And so that will also free you up tremendously I've just like said no to all interviews, said no to all telesummits, said no to all speaking gigs. Like I'm just saying no to everything. Is there a part of me that worries like, oh, it's a missed opportunity and it's not going to come again? Absolutely. But I'm choosing my family. You know, I got asked to do a speaking gig in Palm Springs in the fall. I'm sure Palm Springs is beautiful. <laughs> I'm sure the event is going to be amazing. But I was like, gosh, I'm going to have two kids under the age of three and like taking and Mike's not going with you no we're not going to bring them <laughs> with us and like taking three day, four days to get across the country do a thing come back it's just not worth it no for those of you that do travel like for work and <laughs> stuff like this I remember Seth Godin did an interview that he has a speaking price that he pays he has an international price that if people fly him out he has a east coast price like basically from Mississippi kind of the middle of the United States over to the New York side that he has a price for. And then if he has to travel the West Coast, he also has a price. Interesting. And I was like, that's amazing because it takes so long. Like going so from sense. here to London, I can fly, we can fly from Boston to London shorter than we can from Boston to California. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that I would say no to everything in California. It's just that I have to be realistic. Like if somebody asked me to speak in Boston, no big deal. I go down for the day, I come right. back. But Palm Springs is not even close, you know, by the time you get to LA anyway, blah, blah. So all I'm saying is, we cleared the decks to mm -hmm. make it really possible for me to take some time off. And also, I will say another shout out to Jennifer Rassiopi. Part of the reason we did this is because she told me astrologically that the summer was going to be an incredibly frustrating time for me if I tried to work. And it was a great summer to just take off and be a mom. So I was like, well, that's great. I was going to take three months off anyway with the baby. I'll just tack two more on. And then basically when we come back in September, when I come back in September, it'll be time to do book launch prep because the next book, which is now called Do Less, The Unexpected Strategy for Getting More of What You Want in Work and Life. I think that's the subtitle is out January 15th, 2019. And of course, you'll be hearing way more about that. So that's basically, I mean, like that was, we went a lot of places in this podcast, but I think if you are also preparing for a leave of absence 
or <laughs> a baby or anything, it's really helpful to just be thinking about ahead of time what actually needs to happen. And, and this is a great moment to look at the 80-20 rule in your business and look at, okay, what are the most important results in my business? And those results will generally come from 20% of your actions. So we know, for example, that the 20% for me is creating content and making connections. Now, I'm not going to be super focused on making connections during maternity leave because I'm going to be focused on the baby. But creating content, I knew I could do that ahead of time so that a lot of the results that I am responsible for in, in our company, I could still be responsible for. But you only are going to be able to know that if you know what your 20% of activities are that lead to 80% of your results which is a whole other topic, which we could get into another day. Just a side note, last maternity leave, what I did is I had a blog babysitter series. So rather than pre-creating the content myself, I had 12 women who I love babysit the blog and write guest posts for 12 weeks. And that was actually really fun. I considered doing it again, but I think we're in such a groove right now that it just didn't make sense to have a break with three months of guest blogs. But, either, right. but, but it worked before, and so I just want to say, you don't have to do it all yourself. You can certainly, and I have asked for help with some of the origin content because we've got some incredible women in our community, and I want to showcase them as well. Anything else you want to say, hon? No, and I think just if dudes are listening to this, then do what you need to do for yourself as well about like asking for help around certain things because our, our initial, not everybody, but like, it's the same as Kate says, the, <laughs> your ingrained stuff is to take care of it, right? Yeah. It's as it's to suck it up. It's to suck it up and go through it to suffer, right? And both there's a suffering piece that happens as women of not asking for help. And then it's also the same as guys, you know, or it's not the same, but there's a similar pattern that's just totally. like you're supposed, you got to be a man. You got to do it. You got to push through. You got to suffer. And that's what makes you a man. And the truth is like, no, you don't. You know, it's just like you don't have to it's I have you know it's like when we did work on this house or we have work being done where now what is the easiest thing for me to do it's to help clients create systems inside their business and they will pay me for that work to get done because that's my skill set and then I'm able to pay someone else to build me a room in the basement you know or someone else to help me with a desk or a table because that's their gift that's what they are really capable of doing and i have no desire to spend the time to do that or learn that which we've thought about it a lot with the shed conversation i believe I we say talked you about the thought shed. about it a lot that's true i, I listened about, about the shed a lot right so <laughs> about and, whether mike should build a shed himself or buy a shed yeah and thank I goodness said, i bought it do whatever you want. Right. And our, our great friend Nick came over and installed the siding and helped me with everything that we needed to be done. And, and I'm a great support system. Like I'd be great on a construction site to pick up the trash and help people like hang things. Right. And, but, like, and chat with people. And chat with people. That'd be great. <laughs> Customer service. I'd crush it. Yes. And so like those type of things is really knowing where my gifts are best suited. Like one of the biggest things last night was Kate was like, can you make sure that you have podcasts prepared for the project life with Mike Watts? So you're not recording in the middle. I'm like, sure, Kate, sure. So that'll make her feel better. But the reality is like, it's for me, it's not like it's that, like, I'm not like leaving the house. I just have to go to the basement to record episodes. Probably why her and the baby sleeps, you know, or take a nap or whatever that may be. But like, if she's asking or requesting, like I could definitely get ahead of the ball game on project life with Mike Watts episodes but it's also for as we shared earlier it's like if i need a day off i'm happy to say like 
I need a day off. You know, I need yeah. to just take just a moment to myself. Not in those first myself. two weeks. Right. Just not in those first two weeks. And I'm not that con- like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I need to do when it comes to the taking care of the family in that moment in time with the baby. And, but the key is like what I want to do. The cook. Hold on. Sorry to oh, interrupt sorry. you. But no, like, I interrupted you. That's true. So <laughs> with the chef coming here, it's not only, it's kind of ridiculous. Like when we think about it, cause the nanny's also meal prepping us as well. But the reality is like, I want good food in the refrigerator and I don't want to have to prepare for it at five o'clock at night. And so it's actually one of the most beneficial things I can do to ask for help for myself. It's like Kate's been like a little, oh yeah, it sounds like a good idea, you know, about the whole thing. But I'm like, this is actually what I'm doing for me to know that I have food, not only for myself, but also for the family when the baby does come where it's like, it's already all taken care of. And we've did a meal train before. We might do a meal train this time. (laughs) We have to kind of get that together. It seems like we're running out of time, but you know, so those things are the most helpful for us. And I, yeah, so it's super important to ask as a dude in the situation too, it's like to do request for help. And I think for the ladies is not to be afraid to ask your husbands for help either, because we go to these classes and you can hear these women that just like not even, they're not even asking their husbands to help them or like so much fear around it. There's so much guilt there's so much shame around it it's like it's a much bigger topic and we actually have a asking for help episode planned yes. for later on this spring so that'll be coming but i just want to say we should Mike, record it after the baby comes we should because then we know that'll be our follow-up to this episode yeah but i also want to just say for you mike what you just said was so poignant and then we'll go because i know we need to wrap up the permission that like you don't have to suffer no man woman whoever you are like the reason I want so much extra help this time around is that I can't say we suffered, but I just think it was harder than it suffer. needed to be and with Penelope. And so while we cannot control what kind of baby we have, we can control what kind of support we have. And while I have no doubt that you will be here with us 100% and do what needs to be done, I don't want it to feel like a burden. Right. And I don't want it to be from a place of like, yes, I'm here to do whatever needs to be done but I'm also running on empty. I want it to be from a place of like, I'm here to support you and I feel really great about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm also taking care of myself. Oh yeah. And so that I'm preparing me, like movie central, like you know, <laughs> two or three movies a day totally. and just go That's deep be, down it'll movie It'll be time. fun. Yeah. It's nothing can't be, can't be I know, scary. Nothing with guns. We have to make a list violence. of comedies yes. and dramas. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. It's which is happier. totally fine. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we've got for you on what we're doing to prepare. We're giving this a lot of thought, obviously. We're having a lot of conversations around it. I'm reading a lot of books and we'll report back. You know, nothing's going to be perfect. We can't get it all nope. done or there's not. I'm not going to get all the content done, but I'm really proud of how much I've done so far, and I think I can get it to like 90%. You've done good. Because having. Of course, if the baby's late, it'll all be done, and I'll just be twiddling my thumbs like, okay. That's right. (laughs) But I don't think she will be because Penelope was a week early. Because bringing Um, human life in the world, people, is a huge deal. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode. Cheers. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.